0: Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Christy. So, you may be wondering, why is the bulletin insert so thick this morning, and we only read two small sections? Well, we have an option in um, the calendar to call this Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. Now, because we have a Good Friday service, uh, we celebrate Palm Sunday, and then we also celebrate the Passion of the Christ on Good Friday, so that's the reason why we have a Good Friday service. So you won't hear so much about the Passion of Christ. What you will hear about is what led up to it this morning. This is Palm Sunday, and so we're going to talk about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, And I want to use uh, the account from Matthew, not the one from Luke that that Bobby read. Um, The one from Matthew is a little bit different. It starts uh, Matthew 21, verse 1. It says, When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Zechariah, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and they put their cloaks on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, who is this? the crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. At the sight of Jesus coming over the top of the Mount of Olives from Bethphage, the people in Jerusalem began to stir. You can imagine. As from mouth to mouth, from mouth to ear, you could see that this swelling excitement was happening in Jerusalem. Could this be the prophet, the king prophesied by the prophet Zechariah, when he said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So you can imagine the excitement of this people that's under the iron fist of Rome. (coughs) And they're asking each other, could this be the king who will lead us out of Roman rule? And so as Jesus entered the this, this city in this prophetic fashion, the people cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Because the Son of David, in the lineage of David, that was where the Messiah would come from. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. See, this was God-ordained. And the people recognized it. And so by the time Jesus got to the gates of Jerusalem, the celebration was in full swing. There was a party going on in Jerusalem because the Messiah was coming. The King was coming. People put their cloaks and their palm branches down in the path of the processing King Jesus, the deliverer of Jerusalem, the rescuer of Israel. It was this magnificent, triumphal entry into the capital city of the Jewish nation. And plodding along behind the donkeys, behind Jesus, are the disciples. You can imagine that they must have been internally struggling a little bit with this spectacle. As they followed along behind the donkeys. Yes, they were celebrating, they were joyous, but inside them there were these nagging words... Didn't he say just a little while ago that he was going to Jerusalem to die? Didn't we hear that from his mouth? Didn't he say something about being handed over to the authorities and then being executed? And wasn't there also something about rising from the dead in three days? What was that about? I mean clearly these people want him to be their king what could possibly go wrong And so if as we look at this party going on as Jesus enters Jerusalem we can see that the scene in front of the disciples doesn't fit the narrative they've been hearing Because Jesus said on more than one occasion that he's not here to lead the revolution against Rome He said on more than one occasion that he will be taken and tried and killed and then will rise again in three days. See, the scene in front of the disciples that day, probably the sun shining just like it is out there, although probably a little bit warmer. As he rode into Jerusalem, the scene doesn't fit the narrative. I tried to imagine what that would be like. And one thing came to mind. It was a day when my mom and my dad were coming to pick up our oldest daughters for the week. And they were excited. They were really excited. They were animated even about spending a whole week with their mama and their papa. And they were dancing around the house and they were laughing and giggling They could hardly stand the anticipation. They kept going to the window and looking out to see if their car had pulled into the driveway. And so they were anticipating the arrival of my mom and dad. See, in in their world, there was a party going on. There was a celebration. And as they were celebrating and carrying on, I got a phone call from my mom. And she said very simply, I can't get your dad to wake up. He's not breathing and he won't wake up. And so as I'm sitting there at the kitchen table with the phone in my hand, I'm watching the celebration taking place in front of me. I can barely hear my mother on the phone because of all these excited voices and the dancing and the singing and the carrying on. It's like the soundtrack I'm hearing isn't matching the movie that I'm watching. The scene I'm seeing is happy and full of joy, yet the narrative that's being read to me over the phone doesn't match the scene. The scene doesn't fit the narrative because it's the, the actors in the scene don't have all the information. They don't have the whole script. They don't know the master plot. They need the right narrative. And had my girls known that their papa had just passed then their scene would have changed dramatically. And so like that, the people of Jerusalem, had they known what kind of king Jesus really was, their scene would have changed also. See, to my my girls, their papaw was probably the greatest man on earth. Just like in that moment when Jesus rode in on the donkey, the way the prophet Zechariah had prophesied, in that moment, Jesus was the greatest man on earth to the people of Jerusalem. But see, their narrative didn't fit the scene. They didn't realize that Jesus was not an earthly king. Paul reminds us in Philippians chapter 2, he says, And so Palm Sunday is a great reminder to us that sometimes the plans of the Father, the Father's narrative, well, they don't fit the scene immediately in front of us. They're beyond our immediate understanding. And because we get caught up in our own scenes, which we play out based on our own narrative, our own wants and needs and desires, we sometimes are surprised, even disappointed, when the reality of the true narrative, God's narrative, comes to light. In the span of from that triumphal entry to that Good Friday the narrative would change to fit the scene it would become clear that Jesus was not an earthly king but the true narrative God's narrative is always higher than ours. Because God exalted the name of Jesus above all other names. Not because Jesus did Jesus' will, but because He did the will of the Father. And Paul reminds us, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus